What's going on guys and welcome to the Wheelchair Pulpit Podcast. Hope y'all having a good week so far and in this episode I'm being honored and the privilege to have Mrs. Liz Trailer on the show. Miss Liz, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. So if you haven't been able to listen to the podcast, uh, we're just going to have a conversation. Nothing too bad, nothing too complicated. Uh, but before and after every episode, I open up a word of prayer because we wouldn't be able to do things that we're able to do without our Lord and Savior. Amen. So uh, let's just open up with a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that you've given us. Thank you for this podcast and giving us the the time to just come here and chat. And I pray this through your person's name. Amen. So before, just uh, tell us who you are and kind of what you do. All right. My name is uh, Liz Trailer, uh, Elizabeth Trailer, and I'm a pastor's wife and a mother and a grandmother. And uh, for years, I was involved in the music and drama ministries and taught a women's Bible study and uh, spoke a lot. And now I'm back teaching preschoolers where I started years ago. Um, my family is very important, and I'm a homemaker first, and that's the first job God called me to, and uh, to keep my home going and uh, to make that a place of comfort and peace and rest for my family. That's awesome. And so I had Pastor Trailer on a couple weeks ago, and how's, how's it like uh, being a wife to such a well-known pastor, not in this area, but in many areas around well it's uh it's difficult at times and challenging um it's it can be uh scary at times when things get difficult um he's uh he is uh has a quite a a large um, following or a public um, image of him and uh, it's it's uh, but I knew before I knew before I ever married him this was going to happen because uh, when we started dating I knew he was already pastoring a church and I was not going to marry a preacher that was not on my radar and uh, God called me very specifically to marry him I could take you to the place the time the moment when I knew that's what I was supposed to do and I did in the first week of seminary uh, he every night he went into this little study and closed the door and I could hear him crying and praying and uh, he came out the fourth night and said um, I'm not going to pastor during seminary but someday I will pastor this church and he started describing a church just like Olive and I thought well bless his heart (laughs) you know that'll never happen but it did and so in some ways I was ready for it and um, but it's also had so many blessings just above and beyond for every uh, challenge it's had its blessings now kind of talk us through um, when he approached you about the job opportunity to pastor here oh well we were at um, we were in Garland Texas we'd been there about two and a half years and we were having a wonderful time a great ministry the church was booming and we were just we loved the area we loved where we lived and he came in one day and we met at, I will ne- it was a restaurant called Judge Roy Beans. I will never forget, I can still see the, um, the uh, 
bench we were sitting on. And he tossed this packet down and said, uh, look what we turned down. Because he had talked to the chairman of the pulpit committee the week before and he told him we were not interested and they went ahead and sent the packet anyway and we looked through it and I thought well this is exactly what he said someday we would pastor but this is not what I (laughs) you know no and that's when we thought he said well I need to at least give them an opportunity to talk to me so we talked to him on the phone but then he told them no I'm not interested and they just wouldn't let up and For six months, we talked to them, and finally, God made it so clear that that's what we were supposed to do. We had been battling back and forth for about two months, and finally, he said, I'll come talk to you. And now, 30 years. Yes. (laughs) 30 years. That's that's crazy. It is. And he always, uh, during his sermons, just expresses how grateful he and you are about being a part of Olive. Yes. And uh, what has the Olive family and the Olive community, how has that affected you in the way you've raised your children and now you're raising uh, grandchildren? I The one thing that I had to give up to marry a preacher was living in one place for very long for a long time because that was very important to me to put down roots and stay because we had moved a lot growing up and I you know I just gave that up I said okay God if that's you know because most pastors move every two or three years you know and very few stay a long time and it's God has just given that desire of my heart back to me when I was willing to be obedient to him and that's been the biggest blessing is just not having to pick up and start over and my children Uh, Bennett started school here and ended school here. Rachel moved in the third grade and she, you know, she's been able to go through all these years and develop deep, deep friendships. And that has been an extraordinary blessing. The people at Olive have been so wonderful to help us rear them and step up to the plate so I could be involved in other ministries and sit with them during church so I could sing in the choir and you know when I've had illnesses they've just provided food for me and it's just been it's been wonderful in so many regards and it's been difficult we've had you know several years that were really hard and but you know God's got a purpose in all that and teaches you what you need to know absolutely uh, through all that as you well know oh yeah and uh so we won't be talking so much about pastor since uh, he talks, we talk about, people talk about him a lot. But one more thing is um, we can we can go on and on about all the pros about uh, being married to a, to a preacher. And uh, you've already kind of uh, mentioned a lot, but what, are, but what are some cons? I'm interested to hear some cons. Okay. <laughs> when you told me you were going to ask me that question, I had to think about it a few minutes because, um, you know, my life, one of the cons is um, he's never off. You know, right. he is always on. We can take vacations, but the phone always rings. Um, he, fortunately, we've got a large enough staff where he doesn't have to come back to do everything. Um, but one of the cons is that he's never, uh, you know, he's he's never not the pastor of Olive. Your anonymity's gone. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, uh, are you married to? I've heard that, are you? And I go, yes. 
But that's got a pro too because it mm-hmm. gives you a, an automatic um, recognition. But sometimes I'd like to just be able to go somewhere and nobody know who I am. But with a church this large, um, I was trying to think one of the other cons. Um, let me look. I jotted a couple of things down. And I could relate to uh, to some capacity when it comes to oh, it when it comes to someone coming up to you and say, "Hey, are you married?" Uh, or are you related to? Because when my accident happened, um, it was it was such like a big explosion, and I never thought it would happen like that. And when it came to like my family and the uh, girlfriend I had at the time. They uh, they came up to them and they were like, "Are you uh, yes. are you the uh, sister? Are you the girlfriend of Logan?" Yes. And uh, they they would say, "Yeah." And at times I'm like, "Oh wow, they uh, my accident is being exploded like this." But then there are times where like, "Well, I don't really like that because I don't want them to just view." you as oh your logan sister or your yes. logan's girlfriend yes or you something like that i want them to understand that uh there's other people that impact my life yes it's the preconceived notions of what a pastor's life is and the the pastor's wife is and that's something with you people come with preconceived notions of you know that you're helpless that your brain is gone too you know i it's just that thing with you and with me it's people have a preconceived notion of what a pastor's wife is like and that's that's a con because you have to work through that and prove to them that you're just normal like everybody else and uh, you know I don't garden wearing Sunday clothes <laughs> you know that I wear ratty clothes and that kind of thing but I think the biggest compliment we were ever paid was going back to our first little church that ran 45 and several of the people we were there for their 100th anniversary and they said you haven't changed a bit and that was the biggest compliment to me that we're just who we are and uh, so but one of the other big cons though has been just the security issue over the years Mm. that has been um because he goes and speaks and travels and people put a note on facebook and a picture we were honored to have the pastor speak tonight in north carolina and People go, oh, well, the pastor's wife's alone, (laughs) you know, and I had to have a talk with him about putting things on, you know, can you wait till the next morning to put those things on till you're back home? It's not that I worry, but I just have to trust Christ through all of that, that he's going to protect me, but it's just our world we live in, and you have to be so cautious about things like that. And then the other, one of the other cons that is also a pro in some respects, because he can handle it, but... um, the scrutiny that you're under and the continual um, uh, the the the, uh, the awareness you have to be of everything that's going on around you at all the times and being prepared to say something at all the times you're always on so you know it, it can be difficult but it's not anything different than Jesus was under all the time right absolutely and so <clears throat> we just have to do that and live for him and when you said that about the grandchildren you know I, I just I started going back and reading about Lois and Eunice and Timothy, young Timothy, to find out how Lois, as a grandmother of a man who got two books in the Bible named after him, you know, two letters, what did she do? And the two things she did was live a sincere faith before him, and the second was teach him to love the scriptures. And that's how I 
you know, I have focused my life with my grandchildren and my family is to do those things, to live a sincere at home, just like I look like in the world, and to live a, a life that shows them how important Scripture is. All right. That's that's awesome to hear. All right. Now, enough about him. Okay. <laughs> um, so... Uh, we've mentioned that you're a grandmother of two little girls mm-hmm. um, and just seeing what our generation is like today and then you mentioned that uh, you do some work in the preschool mm-hmm. um, what's it like raising grandchildren and working in the preschool and trying to teach them about some of the uh, again pros and cons of the generation that we're living in because mm-hmm. it's so social media dominant and mm-hmm. the negativity is just all is just exponential um so what's it like being a grandmother and just trying to instill into grandchildren and into children in the preschool about the the do's and don'ts in the generation that we live in Well, um, that's come to the forefront so clearly uh, with my own grandchildren. But, you know, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the challenge to the Israelites was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and that you were supposed to teach the commandments of God as you walk, as you sit, as you lie down, as you rise up. So it's just putting into my life the verbalization in everything I do of just speaking truth to them, um, whether it's walking around the pond and looking at dragonflies and saying, uh, look at the wings that God made on that dragonfly. They're so tiny, but somehow God made it so that they can fly with that big body. Only God can do something like that. Mm -hmm. And you can trust him with your life. If a dragonfly can trust God, so can you. You know, just the things as we walk and as we do, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, But specifically in this culture, um, the girls love to watch baking shows, the baking championships. And Mm -hmm. of course, now there's a You know, one of the bakers is a man, and he's talking about his husband, and he's baking. And Catherine looked at me, and she goes, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just thought, I've got to tell her the truth. And because the Word of God has never changed. It's not going to change. It's the truth from the beginning to the end. And it doesn't, as the pastor says, it doesn't say what it means. It doesn't mean what it says. It means what it means. And it's it's not going to wither and it's not going to fade just like the flowers and the grass like you said so i was just able to tell her you know according to scripture um, that is not right but people are free to make the choices they want to make Um, and this is just you know i have to just be honest with them and teach them but i have to go back to i trust god and this is what he says and we've chosen as a family to follow him so you know and she she looked and she thought a minute she goes okay you know so we just in everything we do um we just have to teach the truth right and they may or may not choose to follow it when I, they grow to be adults mm-hmm. and i was blessed i'm and i'm blessed to have the grand yes, grandparents are. that i have uh because they uh raised my my dad uh and my mom in the way that they were raised 
in the church, and I know that if I ha- if I had or have any questions, I can go to them, yeah. and they can be honest with me. Yes. And uh, I just know that in today's culture that I'm going to take what I was taught, what I was raised, and someday if when, if and when I have children, I'm going to do the same that mm-hmm. my parents and my grandparents mm-hmm. did. Yes. And you, you just got to do it. Yes, but you have to remember, too, um, the culture during Jesus' time was 10 times worse than what we have now. Um, we've seen nothing yet compared to what it was like then. And we also have to remember it was very clear in Acts 16 that Timothy's father was a Greek, which means he was a non-believer. Mm-hmm. So he was raised with a non-Christian father, and he was raised with a godly mother. So. It can happen. You can, you know, just, we can't use an excuse that our family weren't believers or something. You know, we we have to make a choice for Jesus Christ on our own eventually. Because you can grow up in the church and choose not to follow uh, Christ. You can turn your back on him and choose another way. It happens all the time. But, you know, I can only do what I can do. And God has put me in this place at Mm -hmm. this time. And so I do what I know to do with my grandchildren and I'm just gonna have to trust God that he'll take care of the rest yes ma'am so uh, we're getting near the end so I always ask my uh, guests uh, what's what's next what's next in the the life of uh, Liz trailer (laughs) oh goodness I do not know Um, you know God has changed my ministries over and over over the years and right now he's got me here um, I don't know. You know, I've, I've been caregiving for my mom and now my mother-in-law for 13 years and, you know, supervising their care. And some days it just seems like this will never end, but it will. And as you know, I, I just don't make plans too far in advance because <laughs> oh, yeah. you just don't know what's going to happen. But I, my what I just need to say is, you know, Lord, you just tell me what's next. You show me what's next, and and I'll do it. For now, I just want to be the best I can be at my grandmother and mother and taking care of my family, and uh, we'll see what happens next. Yes, ma'am. Well, Miss Liz, thank you very much for being on the uh, show. Uh, we never had a one-on-one conversation no. before, but no. uh, I'm glad that we were able to uh, arrange this and I hope that uh, we can have a more in-depth one-on-one conversation where we're not being recorded okay that sounds great <laughs> so uh, let me just end in prayer okay. and then uh, we'll just go on, go our separate ways thank you dear Heavenly Father thank you for this time that you've given me and Miss Liz to just come here and chat Father I pray that whoever listens and watches this that they be encouraged And I pray this with your precious name. Amen. 